John Gormley. First day of November, midweek Wednesday edition. Gosh, did October fly by quickly and save and accept for the last week or so. It was a beautiful October. Kids out last night. Gosh, I was uh, down one street and just outside a house that had uh, sort of a back deck come veranda. There must have been 50 kids lined up. That's a street that gives full-size chocolate bars and families bust their kids into that street. So uh, many places last night, a really good Halloween. And I hope you and yours uh, had a great night. And gosh, it's so funny to watch the costumes, the mums and the dads who dress up. Ah, it's all good. Well, on the radio program today, do we have some things to chat about? In the hour of the big stories, we could call it the flag edition. A couple of big stories in Saskatchewan on flags. Yes, I'll tell you more about that coming up. Tom Korski in Ottawa, as the Prime Minister doubles down and says there will be no exceptions on carbon tax relief. Well, except for the Atlantic, where the polls are showing he's getting killed and he's giving a big break. And now the liberals have actually cast this as they're getting rid of heating oil. I'll tell you how that piece of mental gymnastics works. Uh, Tom Korski is going to be here to update us on that. First Wednesday of the month, Brian Zinchuk from PipelineOnline.ca. And some stories today on not just the positive reaction to BHP Billiton and the world's largest potash mine, extra six and a half billion dollars being spent, but even the financial post on the Cameco numbers out yesterday, Saskatchewan between oil, gas, uranium, potash, the place to be in Canada next year. We'll talk more about that. Saskatchewan's smartest radio listener coming up and at 12 noon, that's why I'm wearing my baggy t-shirt my Green Bay Packers baggy t-shirt, my annual flu shot as I'm talking in the arm, and then I'm going to have them stick a COVID booster in the other arm. So it'll be a double vaccination show here 12 noon. Make sure you're here. Well, it is only the kind of thing the geniuses who run city government could come up with. Unseeming haste, both in Saskatoon and Regina, for a green bin organics recycling program. Coming back to you now, both in Saskatoon and Regina, green bins being distributed around the city when there was no facility built for the organic material and the composting. Now, I suspect there must be some huge federal money in this because... This got Justin Trudeau written all over it. You know, buy enough goodwill. I, like, why would you proceed when your planning and your strategic initiatives aren't in place? So both cities are now uh, on their back foot. And in Saskatoon, the uh, city's, uh, what's the, the title? The uh, director of waste and water operations says we're back to square zero. He can't even get that right. It's called square one. But in Saskatoon, uh, the city now saying that Green Prairie Environmental is in default. And this was the company the city had contracted back with in 2020. And this was the company that had been having some trouble uh, with a processing location in Corman Park. Probably coming back to you now. 
So apparently Richard Weldon, the president of Green Prairie Environmental, found out his company was in default the same time you and I found out in the news. Mr. Weldon in Toronto. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on the show with us. Appreciate you joining us. Happy to join you. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. So 2020, when all of this began, what was the plan? Plan was to set up a, a, a facility, a composting facility at our landfill, which is uh, was appropriately approved for all types of uh, waste management. And uh, we had spoken to Corbin Park at that time, no issues, uh, and we proceeded to build a facility on our own licensed landfill in Corbin Park off uh, Baker Road. Then you ran into trouble because, of course, across the road and down is a uh, housing complex, the Crossmount area. Well, it's interesting to note that the Crossmount development was actually approved after our landfill, because as you know, the landfill was purchased from the municipality or from the RM of Cormac Park. So the appropriateness of that land development uh, and housing development right across from the landfill seems to be put into question, but that's not for me to judge. Richard Weldon, president of Green Prairie Environmental. So why did the city, and I'm just curious, Richard, I mean, you've got a contract with them, you've got deliverables, you're working on this, and this all makes sense. Why does the city roll out the green bins on the streets before you've been able to get your facility up and running? Well, to be fair to the city, the at, at that time, we were not led to believe there'd be any issues because the municipality, the managers at Cormac Park, indicated there were no absolutely no issues since we were properly zoned and since we had a discretionary bylaw that allowed for solid waste, which permitted uh, transfer stations and permitted landfills and also permitted composting. So there was no reason to think there was any issue because we certainly didn't believe there were any issues. It became much more wrapped up in politics than it was in reality. Since we had a positive report with the planners, everything was fine. We figured that was was just a formality, and uh, we we were surprised to see that we got turned down. That's the subject of a, of another uh, lawsuit that we have with Cormac Park that I, I don't really want to get into. But uh, the important thing is is that in, in waste management, it's not an easy business to be in, and and when you face with adversity, you have to pivot. And what we wanted to do was focus on being a service provider to the city. So we literally. Uh, we had other alternatives that we suggested to the city that they didn't want to do. And they chose to be, uh, they chose to contract with Loris at a much higher price. We had a facility that negotiated with them right across from the city landfill, and we had a lease signed with them. This is why I was caught by surprise and figured it didn't make any sense. We have an agreement. We have a, a lease with them. They knew we were opening up in May. I gave them a contingency plan to us to not cost the city any more money. And all of a sudden, I find out in the news, oh, by the way, you're in default. And I'm thinking, well, this is news to me. So the fact that I find out at the same time that, that, that other people, like the public knows, it, to me, is, is I just don't understand it. That's astonishing. And nobody ever accused the senior bureaucrats in Saskatoon, though, of being particularly savvy on a lot of things of business or very professional, because normally uh, you would do a notice of default. You know, you'd do a warning, you'd do a deficiency. Then you'd say, we're going to regard this contract at an end because you've defaulted. Any of that in a written form to you? Well, we had uh, we had received a number of notices early, uh, just before there was there was some concerned that this discretionary use bylaw might be turned down by the city of Saskatoon, and they issued me some notices saying that they were prepared to work with us. And so we never got any formal notice. We had a notice that they said the city was going to postpone these uh, any kind of decisions until they see how our uh, how our discussions went. 
I met with them, and, and I must say the, the city the city staff was very professional at all times. They were always trying to work with an alternative. The fact that we came up with an alternative piece of land within 40 days of being turned down by the city by Corman Park, I was able to get a lease signed signed by the mayor, and it was it was all fine and dandy of a site. We worked night and day to get this site up and ready for the composting facility. We the well, only thing we needed was a minister of environment uh, a public meeting, and all of a sudden the pivot happens and. And we're in default with no notice, no nothing. I was told by city staff, oh, by the way, you're going to receive a, there's going to be a report going to council. I said, can you tell me what it is? Oh, you'll find out in a couple of days. And I had no idea. So, of course, we're sitting there going, what the heck happened here? This is just, it was incredible to me. Richard Weldon is with us, president of Green Prairie Environmental. So let's be clear on the record. You never received a written notice of default under your contract with the city. I did not. Okay. That, I think, tells a lot of us in business volumes. Uh, Okay, so what happens now? They have, uh, in the interim, uh, moved to Loris, which is a local uh, private company. Uh, Are they going to now use Loris as their permanent provider? You're asking me to to try and guess what the city's doing, given the fact that I have no understanding what they did in the first place. So <laughs> that's hard for me to say. But I, I what what I would like to see happen, and again, they're the ones who put the notice out in the media. I mean, as you said, normally you give a notice of default and you have a chance to cure it and so forth. By yeah. issuing a public notice, it seems to indicate that they want to go a different direction, which is their prerogative. They chose to go with Laura. They seem to have the idea that no matter where they go as a contingency plan, I'll pay whatever it is, millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's just not what the contract says. That's not what fairness is. And that's not what we're trying to do for them. We're trying to give them a service where we recognize that we're a service provider and we've never walked away from our contract. It seems the city's the one anxious to break the contract. It's very ironic that they're they're identifying two particular sites uh, that they told me we, they would never consider. If they didn't like my alternatives for contingency, I offered to go to the West composting site. They said, no, that'll never happen. I said, well, what about going to the city landfill, the temporary? No, that'll never happen. And in the city report, here's two situations where they're going back to what they said they'd never do. So I'm left to sort of understand that maybe they want to, maybe there's a decision that they have a different policy and they don't want to go with this particular program, whatever. But, I, you know, we're ready, willing, and able to accept the material and we want to get back to the table, stop, stop all the, the drama in the press and just get going. With, we have a contract to fulfill. We want to do it at the best effect, effective price. We're concerned about cost and realities and we're understanding the deficit with the city. Let's get back to work and let's get down to the table and sit at the table and negotiate. But right now it's a monologue that I'm trying to get them to the table and we need a dialogue to actually get this resolved. Richard Weldon, President, Green Prairie Environmental. You have talked about the relationship and it will uh, obviously legal action dealing with Corman Park. With the city's act now that has essentially declared this in default, will there be litigation? Well, again, I, I do want to say that the city struck first, and, and they're the ones who fired the first missile. I had no interest in doing that, and I have no interest in litigation because I believe that these things should all be resolved, all sort of construction-related, waste-related, do much better at the table, negotiating table, than they do with the lawyers. If the, if the city decides they want to go legal, that's their prerogative. Of course, we'll defend ourselves. Uh, it, it, in my opinion, what's happened is they appear to have broken the contract as opposed to trying to resolve it. There's a lot of different ways. We actually warned the city a number of months before this that this could have a lot of fallout here if we didn't sit at the table and try to resolve it. And so that's why I thought when we were signing a lease with the city, 
indicates every indication that they're prepared to go with this as a contingency plan and allow us to get up and running. The only issue was, what do we deal with in the meantime? I offered to bring the material to my site so it wouldn't cost the city any money at all. They chose Laura. Again, they're choosing the very expensive proposition. They're choosing, you know, the, uh, what I call the diamond-studded uh, approach where they pay triple the amount that they pay me. I'm very conscious of what, you know, service that we're providing the city. We provided a budget that was very, very tight. There wasn't a lot of profit in it. I wanted to show the city we would bend over backwards to provide an alternative to people in Saskatoon because currently there is no competition. We wanted to provide competition. What you're seeing in Regina is exactly the same thing. Everybody loves composting. They love the environment. Nobody wants to make the effort to put composting in their city. It's just the same old story, which is unfortunate. Richard Weldon in Toronto, President Green Prairie Environmental. Thanks for the update this morning. Good luck, and hopefully uh, you can find a way through this. Thank you so much for having me. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Okay. What do I say about city politics? An 80% voter turnout fixes this. It replaces all of the 11 members of the circus that has become the Saskatoon City Council. It also replaces when a new city manager comes in to replace Jeff Jorgensen. It also replaces a number of senior bureaucrats who would allow this kind of thing to go on. That's an 80% voter turnout. And the only person who will decide an 80% voter turnout, yep, you. I'm Gormley. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.